Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. Welcome back for a brand new episode of Collider Ladies Night. I don't like to play favorites, but in this case, I kind of have to because I have one of my absolute favorites on the show. Caitlin Devar, you're the Hi, best. Hi, Barry. You're I the best. I am so happy to see you and so happy to finally have you on my show. Really? Just a great night. I'm really excited for Ladies Night. It's a Ladies Night, not just any other night. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so the first thing I have to do with you is introduce you to my ladies' night dice tower. I've got eight questions listed here. I roll the die three times, and whatever you land on is what you get to start at least. Okay, okay, I trust you. Number two. Number two is TV time. If you could pick one TV show to guest star on, what show would you pick and why? (gasps) Oh, I'm going to have to say... If it's not currently running, I'm going to have to say that's so Raven. Oh, my heart. Yeah. Like, I just always wanted to hang out with them so badly. Like, my whole life, I just wanted to be in that friend group, you know? It's truly, that would be so fun. I very much understand this. Just because this randomly popped in my head as you were answering that, what about if you had to participate on a game show? What, what game show would you pick? Oh, um, Wheel of Fortune, probably just because it's, well, when I think of game show, I think of like sitting at my grandma's house and eating her mashed potatoes and like just having like a really nice comforting evening and either Wheel of Fortune is on or when you hear the sound of Wheel of Fortune, it's just the, it's just the most comforting sound in my brain because I, I am just immediately taken to my grandma's house eating mashed potatoes. Um, I would go with either Wheel of Fortune or Deal or No Deal. Okay. But I think Wheel of, Wheel of Fortune is, is, is always going to be top. Wheel of Fortune <laughs> is my pick. And I finally submitted to be on the show. And I got an audition and missed the email. Very. <laughs> One day. No. One day I'm going to get on. 
you know what's going to happen. I'm going to finally get on the show and I'm going to be that, you know, asshole who just keeps spinning bankrupt the entire time and never gets to play. (laughs) It's going to happen. Watch. All right. Roll number two for you now. Got a four. Four is learning lines. What's your favorite tip or trick for learning your dialogue? Ooh, okay. I came up with this one on my own. Um, I'm sure a lot of people do it though, so it's not that groundbreaking. But um, the way to learn lines, for the way I learn lines is to, uh, like, I guess if I'm using like an audition, like a, an audition, if I'm trying to learn lines for an audition, I record. I do a voice memo on my phone and I record the other lines. Um, and then I just, I like play it in my car and I, and I, it's, it's, it, I, I, I think it's a really good way to learn lines, but I also think sleeping on lines is like the most um, helpful thing to do because then somehow you wake up in the morning and if you've done the voice memo thing throughout the entire day and then you go to sleep, it's like, magically in your head all of a sudden. So that's how I learn lines. <laughs> okay. Okay. I like that. I feel like I should uh, give that a shot for trying to memorize my questions. <laughs> all right. <laughs> We're going. No, I, I had my first in-person junket the other day and I'm so used to having everything on the screen and I forgot mm-hmm. how to, I forgot how to function. I forgot how to put on pants. I forgot where to put my hands when I do an interview. Oh, it's really weird. Pants. I actually forgot to put on my pants that day. <laughs> I mean, I might be wearing gym shorts now, but no one will ever know. Yeah. All right, I am three. wearing a dress, but I'm also wearing some comfy shorts. That's how it should be. Yes. <laughs> All right. You got a number six to wrap this up. I'm happy we landed on this because it's four-legged friends. Do you have any pets? Yes, I do. Her name is Banjo, and I'm um, away from her at the moment. Um, she is my 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 best friend. She truly is just everything to me. Um, and she's my, my baby girl. She, that's her. Oh, she's so beautiful. Look at her. What what is that? Like a little pearl necklace? Pearl collar. Oh my God. Um, She is just everything to me. (laughs) She is adorable. (laughs) But I'm away from her right now. I'm in Rome and she's just hanging with my parents. She's in good company though. She's in good company. All right, let's get into the meat of it now. Going back to the very, very beginning, what did the idea of making it as an actor originally look like to you? When you were younger, did you picture yourself, I don't know, accepting an Oscar, following in a specific person's footsteps, you name it? Okay. <sighs> really? It it was It was like being in a in a Disney Channel show. It was being on Disney Channel. It was like that originally the idea was like, okay, Disney Channel is where it's at. And like, that is so easy to do also. I thought that that was a very easy thing to achieve. (laughs) Turns out it's definitely not. Um, But Disney Channel was like the dream. And I was obviously, I mean, with my my first answer with That's So Raven, Disney Channel was literally my life growing up. Um, and I, I wanted to be Christy Carlson Romano. Um, I wanted to be on Even Stevens. I wanted to be on all of those shows. So that's where the love began. Um, and then I think, 
later on, it was just, it's, it's slowly become more about just having a, a good time and, and falling in love with the projects that I do. And then, yeah, surrounding myself with people that I really love when I'm working. So as someone who really wanted to be on a Disney show originally, because I feel like when I talk to a lot of people who started out really young, I, I usually get stories about how hard it can be to go from being a child actor to having the industry look at you like, you know, an adult building a career. But you kind of never did that Disney Channel type project. You jumped right into the more mature films and shows. So did, was that never an issue for you? And were those the kinds of projects you were happy getting early on? It I... I was so happy with anything that I got early on, you know, I think that's, that's kind of the the case when you're first starting out, I was just so lucky to be getting anything. So, um, I had my fair share of Disney auditions that I was distraught over not getting <laughs> and fair share of so many other auditions that I didn't get. And, um, the things that I did end up doing were just, not by not by choice, but just literally just pure happenstance and people, you know, putting their faith in me and um, trusting my audition and putting their trust in me. I mean, literally just that. And um, I think there was a little bit of, you know, like early on auditioning for Justified, for example, like I think that that audition in particular stood out um in a big way because I was, I was like, I was 12 when I auditioned for it. And the things I was auditioning for at that time were not justifieds. They were, you know, I was, they weren't like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess they weren't at that level yet. I had never done that sort of like character work, I guess I should say. And, um, or completely changing myself, you know, for, for an audition or for a role. And so that opportunity doesn't really come around for a 12 year old. So I was just so excited to do something like that at that age. So I think that there was a little bit more, um, uh, like passion going into that audition. So maybe that's what helped me there. But I think I just, I just fell in love with that role and like, I wanted it so badly. So I went for it. Um, but yeah, I, th I think just early on and um, getting the things that I got was just, you know, I was just very, I'm just very lucky. I feel like this is a little empty from an outsider's perspective, but it does feel like to me that it was all meant to be, that it all just happened to fall into place in a very good way. <laughs> so we were talking a lot about auditions last time and you brought up the fact that you used to, and maybe still kind of get nervous for auditions. So I got a two-parter for you on that. First, do you remember the audition that you were most nervous for, whether it was for better or worse? I remember, um, okay. Yes, I do. And it's, these things haunt you forever. I mean, truly they do. I can remember all of my um, bad auditions. I remember being really nervous for one and it was for another American Girl movie. I ended up doing an American Girl movie later. But before Chris is Stan Strong, I auditioned for another 
um, I want to say it was, oh, I forget her name. It was one of the other American Girl movies and it came out before Chris Stan Strong. And I went in there and I used to get so nervous, like so brutally nervous that my heart would start beating so fast that I couldn't even hear what I was saying anymore. And I was beating so loud that I was just like, oh my, I would just get in my own way. And it was just so, I can obviously laugh about it now, but at the time I was so embarrassed and I knew I did bad. I knew I messed up so bad. I just kept forgetting my lines. I didn't know anything and I prepared them so much, but I just literally couldn't remember anything when I got into the audition room. I was so disappointed in myself, but at the end of it all, you know, I'm walking out of the audition room. I'm like, God, just God, I'm walking out. And I thought, you know what? Let me just end it on a high note. And I go to the casting director and I say, did I do good? And she goes, oh yeah, you did great. I'm like, yeah, great. And I'm like, shut the door. I'm like, that didn't make me feel any better about this situation, but we move on. And I was also like 11 or 12 or something. But I remember that was like the first big audition that I really just... It wasn't great. <laughs> to put that around a little, what ultimately helped calm those nerves? Is there any, you know, a, a technique or a piece of advice that you received that kind of changed the game with how you process that kind of pressure? Um, I, I would say that it's it's repetition. It's doing it a bunch. So at that time, I hadn't done it a lot. Uh it's, I, I think about when I, you know, I did, I was on Last Man Standing for like most of like half of my life. And I did table reads every single week of that show. Every single week since I was 13 years old, I was doing a table read every Wednesday morning at 10 o'clock. And now I'm not, I, I don't worry about table reads anymore because I've just done them so much. And I, I think that auditions... I think they will innately always, I, I think the nerves sort of fuel um, the energy of the scene or, or um, just the overall vibe of your audition. But I think that, um, I think it also shows that like you care. I think nerves can be a really good thing. Um, and it just shows that you're passionate about the thing that you're doing. But I think that repetition really, it just is, Unfortunately, you just have to keep doing it and you have to go through the bad auditions to get good auditions and get better at it. Um, another thing is like, I've learned that I can't have like two cups of coffee before an audition. It just really doesn't help me. <laughs> I've learned that actually, if I don't do that, it makes things a lot easier for me. Um, uh, so I don't have, I don't have a lot of coffee before auditions anymore. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I just, I, I, I trust myself a little bit more and I have, um, a lot more confidence because I have done it a lot and, um, but I'm always going to have, I'm always going to be nervous. And especially now after, after the pandemic, I, I, like you were saying, I haven't done, um, like an in-person audition in, in a long time. So I, I'm just patiently but not so patiently waiting i'm just like i'm cool with doing these online auditions sending in self-tapes but i am i am uh i'm i'm 
just, I know that day is coming and it's going to be okay. <laughs> well, before we jump ahead to Evan Hansen, you have like a million and one titles that I want to touch on right now. We don't have enough time. So instead, let's, let's get at it this way. This is a big question. Of, of everyone that you've worked with, of, of all of your co-stars, whose process would you say is the most similar to yours? And then who's someone that challenged you to adapt and maybe adapt for the better? Okay. Hmm. Amy Adams, when I met her and when I started working with her, I just felt like she felt immediately felt like my best friend, my my best supporter. She felt like my real mom. She was so many things immediately. And I think we clicked on so many, so many levels. And I just really, I looked up to her in a lot of ways, but I also just felt like we had a lot of similarities. And um, I, I really felt like just the way, and when we were doing scene work and, 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 and acting together, it just felt like we were always on the same page, if that makes sense. Um, and so, yeah, I think that that would be the answer to the first question. Well, I, I really, this is interesting because I actually am like going back and realizing that actors, oh, it's so fascinating. Actors are always, the actors that I've worked with have are always super, super forgiving and, um, it's, I mean, I've, I guess I, I really have been so lucky with the actors that I've gotten to work with, but they it always feels like a team effort. It never feels one-sided, um, which is amazing because I've heard from a lot of my other actor peers. I've heard some, I've heard some stories. Um, so I've been really, really lucky and I've always felt like pretty in sync with other actors um, that I've worked with but i think that like directors are actually the ones that that can be very drastically different from one another and i think that um and not that it's like good or bad it's just different and i'm always a, i'm always adapting to different directors and some you know some like more rehearsals than normal or um some directors don't like rehearsals at all. I feel like I'm constantly adapting to that and rather than like adapting to um, a, an actor that I'm working with. And and it's, it's more of like a finding the connection with each other. And then it's been usually so easy and effortless. Um, but I'd say like Catherine Bigelow is a, she is an amazing amazing director and what makes her so incredible is that she is a perfectionist and that and she if she doesn't like something and if she doesn't think something is good enough she will go back three days later after you've done a big sequence and she will go back and do it again and that was a new um definitely a new thing for me that I had never and neither of other the other actors on the on the set of of Detroit we had never um experienced that before. So that was really exciting. Um, but then, I mean, like directors like Lynn Shelton, um, she, she was also like, she liked a lot of improv, which I had never done before too. So I'm always adapting to 
like really, really adapting to different directors more so than like actors, if that makes sense. It does. All right, so I'm jumping into Dear Evan Hansen now, but you know I'd be kicking myself if I didn't at least mention Booksmart at a point, so this is going to be my weird way of getting at it. Okay. I know, I know that your Booksmart co-star, Beanie, is very good friends with Ben. So what was her reaction when you told her you were cast in this movie opposite him? She, so... She actually knew that I was Zoe Murphy before I knew I was going to be Zoe Murphy. So uh, I think it was one of those things where obviously Ben knew and Ben knew for a little bit. And then uh, she like she got the news before me and it was like kept on the DL. Um, But once she knew that I got the news, she called me screaming, (laughs) like actually screaming on the phone. and she's basically just like, I, I can't, I can't handle the idea of, of you and Ben in the same movie. It's not, I'm not going to be okay. And I'm also not okay. <laughs> like it's, it's a lot, it's a lot to take in. Um, but I am, I am so, I am so lucky, but yes, Beanie, Beanie was very, very excited. <laughs> I always love talking about the value of a good scene partner, and Ben seems like a pretty special one here. So what is something he did for you as a scene partner on set that maybe helped you access something within your own character that you wouldn't have been able to without him? Oh, what a beautiful question. Well, first off, just to say, like, I think Ben, because he's lived with this character for a while he completely understands this character so on such a deep deep level that when that's already there and you have that as a foundation um you have so you have you you can go anywhere with that you know um and so i remember on set with steven in particular we were playing with a lot of different versions of, of the scenes. Um, and that was really, really exciting. And I think Ben was always just really, really down to do that. But I think what I love actually about like, um, (laughs) I am not the type of person to like really, really stay in a scene unless it like really, really calls for it. If it's like a really super emotional scene and I I may want to like, you know, stay a little quieter that day and keep to myself but in general i'm like laughing like right before they call action so ben is one of those people too i i really appreciated that about him is that we were constantly giggling and joking around before we were doing scenes together um and it just keeps everything light and it keeps everything really really loose and it and it takes you out of like overthinking something too much and I was um able to like again because I was nervous I was like a a new member of the team coming into this um you know widely loved um story and I was incredibly nervous and Ben was from day one just from the moment we left Los Angeles to go to Atlanta together. I mean, we literally flew to Atlanta together. Um, he was immediately like super comforting and, and welcoming and just um, 
every day on set just was exactly that. And um, it was just the best. I, I remember my first day on set. He was just the sweetest. I, it, he was a really big supporter throughout the entire thing. And I'll, I'll never forget it. And he's just the best. I love hearing that. I feel like this is an appropriate follow-up given how you described how you were right before you shot. And also, like maybe this is me overthinking it too much, but so it's like you you jump into every scene with a laugh before, but there's some like especially heavy material in particular for Zoe because it does feel like all of the characters are going through something very challenging, but she's just, you know, she's hit with the loss of her brother, the idea that he wasn't the person that she thought he was, her feelings for Evan. And whenever she's responding to one of those things, it's never one clear-cut emotion. And it, that part of her feels so human to me where... I'm not just sad. I'm a million things at once. So did it feel that way for you? And if so, is there any particular core quality of Zoe that that served as an anchor amidst that kind of, you know, whirlwind of emotion there? It is such a, a whirlwind of emotions. And there were, there were, the musical itself has a lot of up and downs and it's such a complex story. Um, and I, and I do think what Steven did so well is he did keep the, the levity in there too. There are a lot of laughs too, amongst it being, you know, a very heartbreaking and tragic story. Um, I think that the, my, you know, my favorite part about Zoe is that she she has like a sarcastic element to her. Um, but I think the thing that allowed me to combat all of the emotions that she's feeling, the, the rejection of, of grief, the, 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 the anger towards her family, the anger towards the situation, the, the frustration she has, and all of it, all of it combined, I think there was, and this is something that actually Stephen and I talked about, and he, he, um, we talked about this a lot, actually, but there is a, there is underneath all of that, even when she, you know, the scene with, um, her, her mom, right before she, right before Requiem starts in the movie, that scene is so heartbreaking because she just wants her mom to understand her. And it's, but they both want to understand each other and and that the core of that is is love. And so Zoe has so much love for her family and she's trying to hold it all together. And I think that's what got me through the whole journey. And so even when there's those heartbreaking and sad moments or when even when she's like so frustrated and angry, there is that layer of love there always. Um, and I think that that was something that I was constantly reminding myself of when I was when I was playing her. All right, before I let you go, I got to make you play our second game. We're playing Would You Rather this time around. Okay. All film, all filmmaking questions. They're a little silly though. First one is. Okay. Would you rather have to fake sneeze or fake vomit in a scene? <laughs> um. Oh. Okay. I know this is weird, but I think I would say fake vomit because. I don't think I've ever had a fake sneeze and it seems like that would be harder to do. Um, and when you fake vomit, they usually give you like applesauce and like oatmeal. 
and it's not that bad. <laughs> when I came up with the question, that was the approach. People always say, well, fake sneeze sounds less gross, but no, like, have you ever had to fake sneeze? It's not easy. It does. It really, I think I would be, I don't know. I've never done that. So I don't know, but seems like a, a throwing up or vomiting. I, I guess I would choose that one. <laughs> would you rather have to fake fall asleep or fake drive in a scene? <laughs> um, <laughs> these are so funny, Perry. Did you come up with these? I did. I okay, these are so great. These really make me happy. Um, fake fall asleep. So like you have to watch me fall asleep in a scene or I'm already asleep. No, you have to like fall asleep authentically. <laughs> you make it look like it's legit. I feel like I could also say either fake fall asleep or fake wake up because it feels like it's so hard to actually do that in a believable way. Fake waking up is so hard to do. Um, okay, so uh, I've had to fake drive before and it is really hard, especially when you're doing a scene, you almost forget you're, you're driving and you can't, and, and then all of a sudden you're doing a scene like this and you're talking and you're just like, you're like, I haven't looked at the road for five minutes. <laughs> Um, I think, mm, but it is still, if you, if you can, can you, if you continue to remind yourself that like, okay, I'm supposed to be driving and I'm just supposed to look forward. That's probably easier. I don't know. I'm really taking these questions seriously, Perry. And I'm <laughs> and this is supposed to be like rapid fire, but, um, I would go with, uh, I would go with fake driving because Fake falling asleep is hard because I constantly am having a hard time, like keeping a straight face too. So I start laughing at myself because I don't take myself seriously sometimes. And so like, that's also a struggle. So I think, I think fake driving. Yeah. Okay. That's a reasonable choice there. I'll give you two more. I don't want to keep you too long. <laughs> these are so hard. I, I can go on and on with these two. <laughs> Would you rather have to run a lot in a scene or eat a lot in a scene? Uh, uh, um, um, eat a lot, eat a lot. I've done both. Um, I did a McDonald's commercial once and I, I got to eat like a lot of chicken nuggets. Um, and that was really fun, but I don't love running. So I don't have good knees and I feel like it doesn't... <laughs> Taking this way too seriously, Perry. Um, <laughs> depends on the shoes I'm wearing because no, I'm I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with eat eating a lot. All right, I'll give you the choice on my last one here because I can't decide which one I'm going with. Would you rather? Would you rather? This is like another. Would you rather answer one about a spy movie or a horror movie? Um, okay, a, a spy movie. Okay, let's let's say you get the uh, opportunity to play the lead character in a spy movie, would you rather play a James Bond type character or an Austin Powers type character? <laughs> I can't take credit for that one. My colleague Greg came up with that. That's a really good one. Um, I I am, like, I totally want to do an action film. That's like, I would love to be in an action movie, but I think doing an Austin Powers kind of movie would just also be fun because again, 
it's so iconically that kind of role is so funny um and i love to um make people laugh so and doing funny scenes i think that would be really fun so yeah austin powers i'd say austin powers because that movie is so awesome (laughs) i would love to see you do that i have high hopes you made many laugh with this segment so job well done (laughs) in that respect here (laughs) i must let you go i could talk to you for way too long but you've got lots of things to do because you have a big movie coming out dear evan hansen in theaters september 24th Huge congratulations on that. And I can't wait until I have an excuse to talk to you again soon. I can't wait to talk to you again soon, Perry. It's always a pleasure. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.